0: Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name's Jed. My name's Brad. My name's Brad. Brad, tell, you've recently quit smoking. I noticed you have a vape in your hand. Hashtag vape life. How's that going?
1: Yeah, I have a vape. It's not not in my hand, but I do like holding it in my hand. It's a security blanket. It feels good. And the button has like a, like it kind of has a little, you feel the button and you're like, yeah, I could just press you at any second, <laughs> anytime I want.
0: It's, it's super. Have you? Is it? Is it not super hard not to compulsively vape like constantly? Though
1: I'm starting to get a hang on it. Really? Yeah. The I... first day, it was like uh, to the end of the night. I was like, "All right, so how big can I? How big can I go here?" And I had already been vaping all day, and so I just started like setting it up to try and get the biggest cough possible, and I ended up almost biting my tongue off because I coughed. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, because I, I was trying to hold back the cough because sometimes you get that feeling like you're going to cough. And then I ended up, like, actually biting my tongue super hard. I was like, is that blood? Uh, <laughs> I know it's bleeding. And it was bleeding a little bit, almost beat right. the tip of my tongue off. So, so I've got a up. lot of
0: I yeah I don't I don't have. All right, so here's the here's the question of the day. Were we as annoying when we were getting high as people are to me now? Yes. Were yeah, we though? I feel prom. like I feel like I was. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that's, like, the very definition of... I, I thought I was a pretty cool guy. You know what I'm saying? I was, yeah, but yeah, there were certain. Suck. I don't know. <laughs> it, oh, God, dude.
1: Yeah, I remember there's some things about, like, whenever we hang out. In fact, when I first hung out with you...
0: Enlighten me, yeah. This will be good.
1: When I first hung out with you, like, after I'd gotten sober, there were some things about you that, like, had hung over from the drug life, and I was like, man, fuck this guy. Like, what? like, like what? Well, like, like it wasn't. Well, for one thing, you were like, "Why well, are you gonna pay for me? Because you still owe me that forty bucks or <laughs> some shit." You know, I was like, "This guy is like, seriously, like, is he really still like this?" That's what I thought. But you, all, most of those, if not all of those, characteristics are gone oh, from thank you. you. Thank you. But you do still look at your phone when I'm talking directly at you, which makes me just want to slap the shit out Does of you.
0: Does it? I'm sorry. That is well.
1: But that's that's an old fogey, dude.
0: <laughs> no, I mean you're right, though. I try. Well, it's listen. It's not. It's nothing about me. It's that nothing you say to me is interesting at all, yeah, and I just don't exactly. want to be around you. So I'm yeah, looking that's at my phone. Yeah, that's the message Listen, for it's, sure it's not it's not me it's you so that's you know that, <laughs> yeah. You just yeah like bore me to
1: tears I'm sorry I can't compete with the infinity of the universe that is known as your phone like I'm not as interesting you know because look it's either me uh, a pretty simple minded being or the infinity of the universe everything exactly. that man
2: everything the
1: world has to offer at your fingertips. And you're making a conscious choice. You're saying, you know what, I'm gonna go with I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm on my phone. I'm I'm looking back, and I'm turning to a pillar of salt. That's what it is, right there. Boom. I'm reading I'm Drop. reading
0: a good book about that now, actually, because I'm I'm trying to get a handle on it. But it's like it's a Pandora's box thing, dude. It's gonna take serious training to to get over. I mean, it's it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's like like concentration on singular tasks is just like a thing of the past it's multitasking it has like taken over everything
1: my theory was that they invented all this technology just to make us do more work
0: well they they're putting into bill i can't remember what country or there it might be the u.s but i don't think it was i think it's some other country that's doing something different but it's called a, a right to disconnect law where it'll make it illegal for um, your employer to contact you after hours or like if they do you have no you don't have to respond
2: right that's, because that's like,
0: the new problem is that people are never off of work it's like even when you're home they're still you know you'll still get emails you'll still get conference calls all that bullshit it's just like
1: it's right at any, crazy. at any time at any time you know, it, it makes it real easy to get addicted to workahol.
0: Yeah, I'm a rageaholic. I'm addicted to rageahol. Uh,
1: workahol is the new thing, man. And plus, it's like, how do you even know if you're really sober when you have a, t- a cell phone, bro? It's basically a slot machine in your fucking hand. You know, you Damn can't Damn you. Get... <laughs> Damn you, dude. You know, you got to disconnect, bro. It's called fasting. And these miracles can only be accomplished through much prayer and fasting.
0: But it's like, I'm at, I'm, my life is so well. And that's the other, that's the other thing I've got. So many, and I'm, I'm actually talking to the author. Sorry about that. (laughs) Wow. Was that Metallica? Yeah. Well, how did that happen? Well, looking at your phone during this
1: conversation. dude. Yeah. I'm I'm giving you a taste of your own medicine. Yeah. This is the this is my favorite one. Well, you know, I, I wish I didn't have to do that, Jed, but you did it, and now I have to do it. You understand? Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, yeah. everyone made me do it. I'm sorry. You
0: know. Now, the other part of the book is talking about prayer, and yeah, I mean, it, I'm doing, I'm going back and reading a bunch of my books on prayer, and I'm like. Because there's so many different views on it now, and a lot of people stick with the, you know, AA will tell you not to pray for selfish things. The Bible tells you to pray for everything without ceasing. And it's like, I don't know. I think my prayer life
1: needs a a shake up. Well, that's good that you're studying prayer. I was finding that, like, like I think what AA's... It says don't pray for yourself unless it involves your ability to help others. But I think what they're trying to do in the AA thing is get rid of the foxhole prayer, which is pretty much the addict's prayer, which is like, all right, I just gave that dude 50 bucks. If he if he comes back with my drugs, I promise I'll be good. You know, yeah. like that type oh, of stuff. There
0: is no... There is no greater moment of faith between the time you hand a dude the money and you're expecting him to come back. Oh man. You're praying for him to come back. You but are think... begging for him to come back. Like, and then like, and the worst is when it's four and a half hours later and you're still in your car, you're like, he's gonna come back. He's, he's defi- any minute now he is definitely <laughs> gonna come back.
1: Nothing else is shaking right now anyways.
0: M- me and this me and this dude <laughs> Me and this dude, I, I, it was like it was one of my first guffaws where like I, I didn't realize that you can't just trust pe- random people to just give them their money and there. So like I was like, yeah, dude, this dude's got the got the shit, man. Come on. So we like drove to the hood, gave this random dude that I just met earlier that day like three hundred dollars, and I was like, all right, you'll be right back. And, and like we were in the car, dude, we fell asleep and woke up. I mean, it, it was this was no shit. It was like four four or five hours, and I was like. I think he's going to come back. I mean, we just got to, you know, I think he's going to come back. <laughs>
1: My- you brought your sleeping bag, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is normal, bro. This yeah, is totally he's walking. normal. He's walking. It's kind of, well, we could have driven him there. Yeah, but he's got, he's got yeah, his he's, ways. He's got a
0: thing. He's, yeah. you know, I don't question it. I just, yeah. you know, I just blindly hand him money. And I hand him the
1: money. I wake up three, four days later, <laughs> and then I have to look around on the ground <laughs> like eventually I'll find enough to make up for uh, it's complicated if you really ask me about it it falls apart yeah
0: dude that that, uh, another random story I remember me and uh, or just how you know there's certain (laughs) times in your using life where you just do you could give two shits what anybody else in the world thinks you're just like singularly focused on (laughs) drugs where like we were at, me and this guy we were at a gas station, and we drove. We were filling up, and we drove off. And we halfway down the street, and he was like, "Shit, dude, I think I dropped it at the gas station." And I was like, "Fuck!" So we turned around and we drove back, and we went to the pump. And there was another guy there pumping gas, and the dude was the the random stranger was standing on the bag of meth. And the guy just <laughs> walked over and he goes, "Say, bro, you're on my meth, dude." And he was <laughs> like, "This is just, just like man." And he was like, "What?" And he was like, "Bro, you're standing on my meth." And he, he like lifted his foot and he grabbed it and he was like thanks dude and just got back in my car and that's, I was like what that's not good that's like not what good. I, I've always wanted to know what that guy uh, was
1: thinking talk like, about a meth epidemic I, there's a story yeah and I can tell you what that guy was thinking and that's why or well I oh are I don't you going to share your story well I have a couple of stories because this is like within a one week period I've had to interact with two suspected meth heads um and the first one you don't even know about so i was taking this delivery it was like i don't know it was late dude but like right when you're you're about to the store's about to close you know you have to take a delivery to an apartment building you you get kind of sketched out yeah you know because because if you're like me you carry pretty much all your money on you, even yeah. though they tell you not which,
0: to. Yeah, which they they absolutely tell you to make sure and hold all your cash on your person at all times.
1: Yeah, they don't. That's against the rules. So I go into this area, and it's like a nicer area, but it's townhomes. And everything's really like – it's like it. the road ends at like a T instead of a cul-de-sac. And everything's – there's people parked all over the place. They're packed in there like sardines. So and whenever you go to a townhome, it's kind of hard to see because they don't have mailboxes. Townhomes, they, it's kind of like apartments where they put all yeah, the mailboxes.
0: Have, at the yeah, at the front.
1: So most of the houses, like their numbers are all over the place. No uniformity. You know, no <laughs> no one has gotten together. There's no homeowners group. They, they're like, all right, we need to put all our numbers right here. No, everyone just puts them wherever the fuck they want. It's willy-nilly out there. It's the Wild West.
0: It's the That's, Wild West of suburbia.
1: Yeah, and that's not, and it, it even, for sure, it's the Wild West. So there's all these cars around, just dark cars. It's dark. So I park as close as I think I can get to the place, but I have to do some looking, some walking. You know, I had to get on my feet and I'm out there. So I find the place, <clears throat> you know, and I guess when I was walking around, I'm looking around, like, where's these, uh, where's the uh, 1262? Where's 1262? Okay, that's 1261. Oh, but that's 1268. Well, where the hell's 1262? You know, so I'm walking like cra- I got a pizza in my hand, and I'm wearing the whole deal. You know, I'm not out of uniform. So anyway, I drop the pizza off. I get in the car. Everything's going good. I start driving back. I'm real close to the store. I was like three minutes away, and I see this big-ass, like, big, these bright-ass lights behind me, right? I was like, wow, this dude is really on my ass. This is weird. So I do what anybody would do when someone gets on their ass. I slow down. Speed limit forty five. <laughs> slow
0: down to a solid <laughs>
1: ten miles an hour. Speed limit forty five. I'm going about fifteen, and I'm just like, "Is this a cop? What is this?" So I'm like, "Well, surely he's gonna. He's mad. He doesn't want to pass me, but I'm driving like an asshole. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull up. I pull into the store, and the car follows me and blocks me in to where to where I was. He blocks me in my spot. And at this point, I was like, "Is this a cop? I don't think it's a cop." And my window is down, and I just hear, "What do you want?" Uh, and I was, I was like, I, I, I poked uh, my head uh, out the window, uh, and he was like, "What do you want, mother effer?" And I was like, "Excuse me, sir." He's like, <laughs> he's, like I'm a, he's like, I was very scared at this point, dude. Like, I wouldn't. I was like, I shouldn't get out. Maybe I should get out. I kind of had my door like halfway open, and I closed it. And I look back, and it's this dude, and he's got like a full handlebar with some gray in it. He's probably about 50. I don't know, bro. He looks scary to me. He was like, what do you want? I was like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a pizza delivery driver. He was like, I didn't order any pizza. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, "Uh, yeah, i I, uh, I had a delivery over there on Stunberg. He's like, Stunberg? Pizza delivery driver for what? And we're literally sitting at Papa John's. I've got the hat on. We're like, I, I pointed up to the sign, which was like illuminated, this huge big sign. I was like, he's like, I saw you looking at my truck. I was like, I, I wasn't looking at your truck, sir. I, I promise, you know. And I was very scared. I thought I
0: was gonna oh, die. Oh, like he was parked out there, and like yeah. I guess he thought, wow, dude, he was and he out followed there.
1: you all the way back. He was parked. In his truck, just looking for the guy who was coming after him. And he was like, oh, okay, the old pizza delivery guy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to fall for this. Not falling
0: for that. I know who you are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so he blocked me in. And then finally, through the grace of God, I was able to convince him that I was just a pizza delivery driver. And he was like, he drove off angrily like, fuck you. I'm pretty sure you're not a pizza delivery driver, but I'm going to leave anyway because I don't want to murder you anymore. You know, like oh, <laughs> I'm give you the benefit of the doubt. So then I go to the to the store. The door's locked, and I'm like banging on the door, and my the other delivery guy's like, "Oh, I got my hand on because you press a button to like open the door." He's like, "Well, oh, I got my hand on the button. Oh, I don't have it on there." Like, There's I- no time for Tom <laughs> <puller>. <laughs> What if I was? Yes, oh, was so you're fun. bleeding out. He's like, "Casey, yes. okay, coming up." It's, it's not open yet. Oh, oh, press it. And I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. What's the deal, man? It's like, dude, there's a guy out there trying to kill me. So that scared me. After that, I kind of, like, now I'm even more scared. Like, at night sometimes, I, I just, like, look around. I think, I, I have PTSD. I think he's coming back for me, Jed. He knows where I work.
0: He probably is. I mean, you you remember my pizza delivery Robbery, but hey, let's um, let's cut to the interview real quick and finish up. <laughs> All right, so what's up, everybody? How we doing? So, hey, hi, Dern. How was everyone's day?
2: Oh, who, Mine was awful. <laughs> was awful. it was <laughs>
0: awful. I'm with
2: you, man. Today was uh,
3: today was a day. It, it uh, it, 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 they tend to happen with or without my permission. Today, uh, the day had a bad me. Let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm glad we were. I'm glad we had this podcast scheduled, and I'm going to go fully um, – I need – what's the word? What's the Christianese for it? I need some uh, – Love? <laughs> yeah, there we go. No. Um, and what is like the Christianese for encouragement or like lifting up? Is that it? I need Just somebody. to support. Pur- pretty to for- sure
3: encouragement for- will, will will suffice. All right.
0: Well, I need some encouragement. Dude, I, was, I mean the <laughs> depression is, is hitting we hard today.
2: Depression. We're going to pray some
0: hedges. Yes, there we go. I need mad hedges. Someone has come (laughs) with a weed eater and just chopped them down. So
3: It's uh, funny. I had a uh, conversation recently uh, about the use of the colloquialism mad. And just to kind of picture this, this uh, woman that I work with, she's awesome, gets out of her fancy Mercedes Benz, and she's dressed – like a older woman who's retired in Florida and she's like, Do you like my mad reverse skills? And I'm like, if that if use of that phrase was ever cool, it is no longer It is
0: no longer. On this on this day, mad died.
3: It's it's like when older women started saying, Don't go there. Um, and you immediately realize that like all right, y'all, we, we've, we've adopted this lingo enough. Let's just stick to what we can do. If you've ever seen the movie, Will Smith giving the instructions to the guy dancing,
2: Uh-oh, and he's like,
3: stay right, you just stay right like right in the middle, and the listeners have no idea what I'm talking about. He, but he's he's doing
0: the white boy shuffle, the, the thumbs up, uh, right. elbows tucked. Hands up yep. and down motion, counting like, one and two just, and three and
3: four. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You just <laughs> stay right here. I mean, you look like Richard Simmons, and then like that's good enough for you.
2: So, John, how do you know this guy? How do we know this guy? Uh, so I met and I met Andrew well almost ten years ago. Probably what, when did you move to Charleston? Nine years ago? Eight years ago? Uh,
3: like that. Uh, let's see. When did I move? Um, in oh nine. So nine years ago.
2: Yeah. So, nine years ago, I've known Andrew most of my almost all my sobriety, I'd say. And uh, we met in a fellowship, which will not be named. And um, now we sit in meetings and draw pictures of penises and hand them to each other like yeah. eighth grade schoolboys.
3: We, in <laughs> just so we're clear for all the listeners, we do this while sitting in a church. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's true. I think. I think. On. I think. Honestly, if the churches that rent out their buildings to twelve-step fellowships, if some of them just walked in one night and just sat for I don't know five or six minutes, that would be a wrap on on that <laughs> that room being rented out.
3: You know right? what? Though this is a, this is such a good transition to like the modern uh, the modern church because I attend a church here in Charleston. That is, I love my church, I'm not bad mouthing it, but it is, um, well, it's just white. And <laughs> it's, it's white. full, it's like a, and, the- it's just, there's not, it's not very diverse. Uh, it's Southern Baptist, everybody's dressed to the nines. These people make more money than they need to. They're all just, I mean, it's, it, it, it's really easy to be cultural Christians. And uh, John and I were talking about, like, what are we going to talk about tonight? We started talking about maybe Calvinism, uh, maybe Stoicism, you know, all these different topics. Um, The influence of secular Buddhism in both of our lives. um, And then ultimately, like, how does that sort of fit into this paradigm of being a Christian? And when you walk through the halls of any modern church, not any any modern church, but many modern churches— it's very easy to realize that the message uh, that Christ delivered is talked about. And, but we, I don't know that we collectively as a church aspire, and I'm not talking about just my church, the church, we yeah. aspire to embody um, in our day to day moment to moment life, the teachings of Christ. Um yeah.
0: Most definitely.
3: And I just want to say that I fall short every day, every second of every day, uh, as evidenced by the brief story of drawing dicks in a church. I think that that probably (laughs) kind of tells you what kind of hypocrite I am. Well, Um,
0: you could say that you are admiring God's handiwork when he created male anatomy. There's lots of rationale for drawing dicks.
3: Did you just say handiwork? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there.
0: Hey. so well, that's just yeah. We could glean a lot of subjects off of this, uh, namely how uh, Buddhism and Calvinism intersect. Or
3: oh man, let's so let's let's try to walk down this path. So here's the thing. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and say this: I am not a Buddhist. I'm a Christian. That said, uh, I was telling John ahead of time. Um. Some backstory might be appropriate here.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: All right. So where to begin? Um, at the risk of being long winded, I like most recovering alcoholics have a host of character defects that sometimes, um, you know, my best attributes are my worst attributes. Uh, I'm super driven. I'm super intense. And if I had a dollar for every time somebody said you were intense, I would be the richest man alive. But um, the about a year ago, I started a new job, you know, with high aspirations of doing a lot of different things. And I, I, you know, I did the best job I could, but I made a number of mistakes along the way. Um, mostly in failing to understand that being right, just because you're right about something doesn't make it the right time or the way that you deliver the message is far more important than necessarily the message you're delivering. And so we can sort of tie this in because right now, hopefully all of you are going, what the hell is he talking about? Um, To how one, the message of Christ is delivered. I mean, when we, we hear it and how it impacts us is, uh, and two, how Buddhism or secular Buddhism was introduced to me. The short version is that I needed something and I wanted something other than drugs to curb my appetite for anxiety. Uh, and I say appetite sort of ironically um, and intensity. And so I started to a long time ago when I first got sober in Atlanta, I had an awesome sponsor who taught me how to meditate. Um and he gave me a book, the autobiography of a yogi by Paramahansa Yoganand, and I read it, and I was like, "All right, cool, this is neat." Um, but Shut up, John. It wasn't necessarily say. like my thing. Um, at that point, I was more agnostic. I was angry. This is. <laughs> I'm just angry. I mean, uh, I mean, I was brought up Christian you know the, the the whole deal like we could, we don't need to go down that path but i pretty much was like christians are retards they are they're you know that's not the politically correct term i know but i i just renounced it i was like they're hypocrites they're it's a, it's a who's who it's a social club it's a lot of lip service nobody's living like this and also the bible makes no sense um because it took you know another 30-something years for me to—well, that's too many. It took a while for me to, to open up Gruden's book and uh, Systematic Theology and go, all right, If right, let's make some sense of this. And if you ever get an opportunity to read Systematic Theology, um, you need to go ahead and carve a, a full year out of your life. I mean, it's so deep. But I digress. So anyway, I started about a year ago—well, really about six months ago— um, doing it every day um, and the initially I just felt ridiculous about it but I'll, I'll tell it myself I read a book by a guy named Dan Harris called 10% happier and now it just sounds like I am a self-help guy but long story short I read the first line of the book, which was like, the voice inside of my head is an asshole. And I was like, all right, I can relate. And so I finished the book, and that introduced me to a app that I then used and got introduced to Vipassana meditation. And as I read more and more about it, I realized, okay, I don't – I started having more questions, not about my faith, but about why I, – I, I pose this question to my pastor. Why in, in the church do we not, we talk about praying all the time. The Bible talks about meditation. Christ meditated. Why don't we teach meditation in the church? And like, well, we, we do. We meditate on the word. And I'm like.
0: You asked your Southern Baptist pastor that?
3: Dude, I ask whatever the hell I want.
0: Oh man, to be a fly <laughs> on the wall. That would have been, all right. Um,
3: So a little bit more background. <clears throat> John will uh, agree with this. I know how to shape argument. In fact, uh, I have a doctorate in it. Um, I went to law school. Mm. And so my mind has always thought that way. I ask a lot of questions. And and I don't stop asking questions until I'm satisfied, which is why I mentioned systematic theology, because I had all these questions and I needed answers. All right. So when... um when I started down this path, I started reading about Calvinism because at first it was about free will and getting into this whole concept of Calvinism and tulip And John and I have talked about this a lot. um, It was not hard for me to grasp the notion that, you know, we're all depraved. I know I am. I draw penises in church for for crying out loud. (laughs) So then it was, all right, so how do I, how, I mean, God died for my sins, right? Well, maybe. What do you mean maybe? Well, it depends, you know, if you are of the elect. What are you talking about? I got to be part of some special club? So this whole concept of unconditional election was introduced to me, and I really struggled with that because I was like, well, then what? If God, like, foretold and foreknew and, you know, Created like knew all everything beforehand, then I'm just a puppet and God's crazy. He's a megalomaniac. Like he basically created all of us so that we could just praise him. And you know what it just it twisted my mind all up. And then I arrived at the, the next question, which was so what's the point of evangelism? Like if God already has the elect, what is the point of me going and trying to talk to somebody about Christ? Um, and I got in, in my pastor, uh, I'm in a small group and he, uh, we talked and anyway, long story short, I ended up getting introduced to this book by, uh, called, um, evangelism and the sovereignty of God by Packard. And, um, it's dense, but it's so worth it. And the the real short version is we evangelize because we obey and God asks us to, and that's, he uses us as vehicles to spread his word, and it's part of his plan, and he is sovereign, and there is, you know, there's no rhyme or reason for it. So, you know, in that book, he starts talking about antinomies and and, and kind of um, compares them to paradoxes, and paradoxes are – antinomy is something that seemingly cannot be resolved, where paradox is, in fact, something that is, is in, irresolvable. Did we lose – yep.
2: I don't.
3: Uh, No, we're good. All right.
2: right.
3: I I got to this point where I was like, "All right, so God's got the elect, and His atonement is limited because He died for the many, but He didn't die for the all." Mm All right, so God's got His God is you know everybody's depraved, and there's unconditional election, so it's only a certain group of people, and He only died for those people, and For those people, they will be called, and there's nothing we can do about it because God is sovereign. You know, we—the irresistible—his irresistible irresistible grace. Like, if we are, in fact, called, um, then we will come to the cross. And then this concept of, well, you know, I feel like I'm saved, but I'm, you know, still suffering with total depravity. And, you know, I periodically drift away from the Word or the the cross or church or whatever— Like, yeah, but that's, you know, there's perseverance of the saints. Like you, once you're saved, you're always saved when that, that, that's a, we shouldn't say it that way, but that's the short version. So that's tulip summarized in a, by non theologian. Um, and so, all right, equipped with that information, I dive into systematic theology and I start to, to comb through that and it's really dense and we're not, this is not the place for that, but, um, it helped answer questions but it helped but it brought up a lot more uh, and so fast you know fast forward to six months ago um yeah fast forward to the past where i had all these questions i had answers and i had prayer and i developed this relationship with my higher power that i call god it's you know christ but i still i'm walking like my, my path to salvation is you know is, as the road gets progressively more narrow, so does my anxiety goes up. There's a, you know, there's a positive correlation there because I'm trying to live in a way that honors God, but I can't seem to figure out how to do that in a way that, you know, an alcoholic perfectionist can do. And I needed. That's where
0: I'm at currently. So I am so praying you're gonna like bust out some crazy revelation that that solves this go. for you.
1: The answer (laughs) is Buddhism. This is the cool part. Shut up,
0: John.
3: No, (laughs) Shut your mouth. mouth, (laughs) Be still and know that I am God. Like that that, that little phrase, that, that verse right there was enough for me to go, all right, let's try it. Joseph Goldstein, who is the guy that was on this app, and he has this particular voice he is what he calls himself this i'm not being an anti-semite he he's a jew boo, so he's born jewish but he's a buddhist
2: anyway so i'm listening to this guy and he's what's like you know, for our listeners what's the app that they want to 10 percent happier 10 percent happier is the name of the app
3: yeah and it's not a plug i don't get anything for it you know
2: wow that would,
0: that would make me 10 percent happy then
3: Mm-mm. by the way uh Dan Harris, I mean, that was the whole point. He just wanted to be 10% happier because he felt like trying to be 100% ha- more happy was not realistic. But
0: Did you, just um, a, a quick question into your backstory to gauge relation. Did, do you, or did you ever struggle with, it kind of sounds like you did, but did you ever struggle with, I don't feel like I'm close to God. God feels distant. I feel like I'm not doing enough for God. Absolutely. And
3: okay. this, this, is, this is the part that it's so bizarre God is not my buddy. God is not our buddy. He's not our best friend. I mean, he's he's not this dad figure. He is, and he's not. Um, and it's taken me a long time to understand what God is. Uh, God is, the whole concept, God is everything, God is nothing, all this, you know, it's very, very abstract. I've stopped trying to grasp what God is, and how to make him happy, and have accepted the fact that God is sovereign, and that Calvinism makes sense, and that my only job is to obey and repent, hmm. and I don't have to have all the answers.
0: How did it's, you? Were there, I mean, that's a super ethereal question, or I hope it's not, but like, were there, how did you, like, how did I, I get that, there?
3: Yes, because
0: right. that's what I hear all the time.
3: Yeah, so. I am somebody that grew up, I am a fighter through and through, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, and every single respect. I, I just brawl. I'm a grinder and I work myself up into a lather over anything. And it took, you know, my emotional intelligence is probably pretty low. Otherwise, I would have realized much earlier that I'm just a hamster running in circles in this wheel and never getting out. And, it, you know, we hear all these silly cliches in the rooms and John's heard me share this before, but I've been sober now 15 and a half years. Nice. And it's taken every single bit of that time for some of these cliches to be something more than a cliche. They're, in fact, much deeper and they're not just these little things we can latch onto, like, let go, let God. Shut up!
0: <laughs> but
3: you asked a pretty specific question, like how did I get there? And it, it because if I keep doing the same thing, I'll keep getting the same thing, and you know you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and all the whatever. So I tried this meditation, and I sit down, and there's this voice that of a guy from New York, New York. And it's not my favorite sound, but. I'm listening. And he says, it's so simple. He says, take a seat and sit and know you're sitting. What? What do you mean sit and know I'm sitting? What That's kind sit. of
0: fortune cookie bullshit is that?
3: <laughs> so I sit down and he, you know, you start concentrating on your breath. And I'm, I mean, I'll fast forward. This is a longer story, but. To answer your question more specifically, I got to a place where I was able to, in very, very fleeting moments, differentiate between me, the thinker, and me, the knower. And, like, Eckhart totally talks about this, uh, in The Power of Now. And if you want to twist your brain, read that book. Um, but what it came down to is I learned a skill that is both helpful functionally both as a christian and as a professional or a father or a dad and that's to step back from the moment and watching watch it happen and that's a very weird thing to for me to say and it's even harder to describe but i will say it like this if you were to picture the voice in your head as your roommate and you were just to watch your roommate You'd arrive at the conclusion that your roommate's an asshole, and yes. <laughs> I've had a roommate, and he's he, you know, different roommates and at different times. I've watched this individual, you know, it could be any number of them, and gone, what a slob, what a dude, you know, what whatever, and um, that's me. I, so I get angry, and one of the skills that I've learned is how to step back and watch the anger manifests inside without attaching to it. And if I'm able to do that for three to five, six, you know, 10 seconds, I recognize that, that here we are back at this cliche again, this too shall pass. And once I started to really believe that and not just say it, but just realize that money doesn't matter. The job doesn't matter. Anger, stupid any sort of hyper passion is a lie. but it's not to say i don't love my wife or you know any of that stuff it's just say that anytime i get outside of the you know i try to keep it between the ditches i'm not very good at it but every single time i drive too far right i end up in a ditch and i gotta and i gotta figure out how to get out and i'm so tired of figure of calling a tow truck there are better things to do with my time so there are things that i can control and there are things that I can't. And the things I can control, I don't worry about because I can control them. And the things I can't control, I try not to worry about because I can't control them. And so that's a really long-winded way of answering your question. But I know exactly where you are because that's where I am and have been in, in battle every day, which is just this uh, – I don't have this, in, like, this intimate relationship with God. And I talk to people who do. They are – there's a – it's the sincerity there. I'm thinking of this one guy in particular at my church. He's the kindest person I've ever met. His soul, you can just tell his soul is just, he's just, I'm, I feel very blessed to have him in my life. Um, he's helped me through some dark times. And then there are a lot of people who are, they went to seminary. They know all, they know all this stuff. Right. And they're no different than an attorney attorneys don't always believe what they're saying. Oh, that's a shock. But they, <laughs> but they know enough about how to take the facts and present them in this particular way or argue that the law is supposed to be interpreted this way or that way. And a lot of times that's what you find in the church. And so through that path of meditating and reading other books, um, mostly on mindfulness, and my pastor thinks mindfulness is nonsense, and I disagree with them, and that's Okay.
0: Does he think it's um, more than nonsense? Like, Does he think it's dangerous or like of the enemy?
3: You know, man, I don't know, and not to say that I don't care. I'm happy to listen to his argument against it, but, <laughs> but I you don't care. You, but my yeah. no, no, this is this is what I do know. Or this is what I do feel, and I don't know what I know. But that my relationship with God has gotten closer when I take the time. To be still and know that He is God, and that right there, like I started with that premise, I'm ending with this premise. You ask, like, what the answer is? It is, in fact, be still and know that I am God, which is to say that Oof. this too shall pass. And that's such a hard thing, because you're like, well, God, where are you when? What about when this happens? I mean, how, how, go ahead, nah, dude. It'll be this genius. How do you how do you justify? <laughs> like kids with cancer or whatever.
0: I think I think just the just the premise of calling God genius is hilarious to me. <laughs> well listen here genius. All right. Um okay, well so why calvinism? I know why I have particular Calvin I will I will preface that with calvinism also makes sense to me. Um but let's hear it from you. John's also a staunch calvinist. He Literally named his two sons Calvin. They're
2: both both of
3: It was that. It was that.
2: And their middle Jewish name is also Calvin. Calvin. Right. Calvin. Calvin. Yep. Calvin. Calvin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, That's ridiculous. All right. So what's the alternative? Armenianism. I mean, are we are we gonna? Yeah. Right. Yep.
0: Well, and I guess for the if anyone doesn't know, let's let's briefly define some terms here. All
3: right. Um. No. <laughs> uh, we just went, we just kind of talked about tulip. Um, the way I would describe Armenianism, Ar- Ar- and again, I'm not a theologian, is that it comes to, the, the 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 difference between Calvinism and Armenianism is uh, kind of hinges on this doctrine of election, and or hinges on um, the notion that only the elect come to God. That not that, that Christianity is not for everybody, which is a Challenging thing to argue against or whatever, but what it comes down to for me is that is sovereignty, right? God's sovereignty can do what he wants. He's going to do what he wants. He's always done what he wants, and whatever. So, an Armenianist, uh, I think, and somebody I'm sure will correct me, um, feels like there is there is more free will. Uh, okay. The individual has more free will. A Calvinist doesn't disagree necessarily that free will doesn't exist it's that it's how it's defined and this is a this can get really mind-bending in short do i think i have free will yes however my my free will is my own but god knows what i'm going to do
0: that's how i rationale it as well right it's it's you have the choice to, and John, I want to hear your pushback on this because your face looks like a constipated kangaroo right now, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's that's how I always uh, I was about to say logisticized it. Um, that's yeah, not- that I can choose whatever I want to do. It's just God will know that choice, whatever it is, whatever it will be, whatever it could be.
2: And and I don't think any Ar- Armenian would disagree with that either. I, I think that the the problem is um, election, um, and uh, I forgot what they go undeniable grace, right? So, What's so
0: undeniable grace.
2: That means if when when you are called, when God calls you, when you are elected, that's it. You're you can't deny you're going to the cross. You are going to repent your sins. You're going to give your life to Jesus Christ. All that stuff, right? an Armenian would say and I would probably say I don't I don't know that I I don't know that I buy that. I think that individuals do have the choice to turn turn and walk away.
0: Have you been so, able well, to though?
2: No, time out though.
3: If the the counter argument to that though is if they chose to walk away, then they're not of the elect.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, but so that, Which which seems <laughs> like a, a molly like <laughs> a uh, which is the same argument that God always answers prayers in three ways: yes, no, or maybe. That's all the <laughs> an- that's all the answers. <laughs> so like, so it's a the sur- it's circular reason. That, so in my opinion, that argument is circular reasoning, right? Like, okay, well then they're not of the elect. Well, well, I-,
0: I can take it. Okay, so I can take it out of abstract into our personal lives, and I can say for myself, and I have thought about this question: Do I think? i had a choice or that i could escape it i think no because i think i really gave it a fair shake i'm with you (laughs) to get away i mean as far as anyone could try i tried and like i was you know i tried to get out and he pulls me back in that genius you know uh (laughs) i mean and you too john i mean in your own history if you really think about it and you can say well i haven't yet but I, I, i think at the end of the day it
2: I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, and I, I try not to make my philosophical or, or um, let my philosophical reasoning be shaped by my personal anecdotal experience, but I would agree that in, in my personal experience, I explored other things. I mean, I, so you talk about... Um, SRF, right? That first book that your sponsor introduced you to, yeah, yeah, Paramahansa Yogananda. I went and used to meditate at the um, at the com- SRF compound, right? It's true. And, you brought me there. It's was pretty. It's pretty sweet garden that they have I there. Had a
0: vision of Buddha in the sky.
2: That's true. Um, so I, I I explored other things, but I've always found. Um, the easiest – the least path of resistance when I, when I can feel God most is through a Christian lens, right, through Jesus' lens. And so – but my in my mind, I've, I've never thought of it as – and I, guess, I suppose it could be – is that irresistible grace? I'm always like a magnet drawn back to that. Or is it my up uh, my cultural upbringing? Is it the you know the place in which I live? Is it what you know? Just I don't know that causation equals correlation there. True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I think there's
3: a lot to be said for that, and it goes back to being a cultural Christian. I mean, mm-hmm. we live in South Carolina, right? I mean, there's we're Americans, blah 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 blah, right? But I think that. John, let me ask you this question. In your opinion, yep. can any can it? Can, uh, what was that? Thunder, that was thunder. It was, see, I, was, I mean,
0: this is about to be a coincidence question, bro. Coincidence, <laughs> I think not. This is about to be epic. Yes, you should have just said, Do you know where you're gonna go when you die? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great if it was that well timed. This would have been the best, best podcast you have ever done. Um. <laughs> Do you think that people can get to heaven? Oh, first, of all, do you do you believe in heaven and hell?
2: Uh, I I think I I'm pretty sure I believe in heaven. I don't think that I believe in hell in the sense of eternal conscious torment. Okay. There. And and, and honestly the more the more that I walk out and the, the more that I interact with my God, and I'm still on that hippy-dippy bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like I still have like different ideas and thoughts. But but I I lean towards um, – I think these days I might lean towards Christian universalism, meaning like I th- I think that the God that I interact with is so full of love and grace that at the end Jesus did die maybe for our sins but for all of our sins. So anyway – that's so a, the,
3: the, his atonement was qualitatively a, uh, adequate for all men.
2: For all men,
3: right? Well, then, do you believe that you only go to heaven through the cross?
2: Ye, I think so, but I don't think you. I have to like say a magic prayer to ask for it. You know what I'm saying? Elaborate. So Jesus died on the cross to atone for all man's sins, but he doesn't have to go out of his way and say a, cer- a certain sentence to get that access to that grace. No, I don't
3: think that has any well, – I mean, do you think that that individual has to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God?
2: I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm still – What's the point of being a Christian? Well, because I have, ac- I have access to God's love today. I mean, I've never been – b I've never been all of my, my faith has never I mean a very a small portion, but the majority of my faith is about living the best life I can today.
3: All right. So it's the, about
2: accessing God's love and grace and forgiveness so I don't have to walk in shame and bullshit and like, you know, all of that stuff now.
3: So that's so I mean, this is a good segue into the that you were talking about the book on um, stoicism. Mm-hmm. So, why identify as a Christian and not just as why not? Why not just say higher power? Why? I, I,
2: well, I've also had like crazy vision in my first thirty days of sobriety where I saw Jesus Christ. I felt blood wash over me. I felt the, his feet and sandals on my hands. And when I knelt down, like there are things that I just can't. And like just said, there, there are things that I just can't get away from. There, there are things like. I I can't stop believing in Jesus Christ. It doesn't make sense to me. Like intellectually, being a Christian doesn't really make that much sense to me. It's weird. Uh, it almost sounds like
3: it's irresistible.
2: Ah, damn it! I was gonna make the joke. <laughs> I was gonna make it sounds
0: irresistible.
3: Yep. It's almost as if you have no choice.
0: Right. 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 Oh. And so <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to pose. I wanted to shoot it back at you, Andrew. So. Uh, a handful of questions. So, what do you believe must one do to be saved? How can you be so certain you are one of the elect? Um,
2: That's always my question, too. One of my questions, do you, too.
0: Are you in a, eternal conscious torment
3: or annihilation? All right. But we'll start with so, those three. Wow. Uh, some softballs.
0: Yeah, yeah you know.
3: <laughs> so, what must one do to be saved? Um, I think... The answer to that is they do nothing. They haven't got a sovereign. They don't have it's there's not a choice that I make to be saved. Right. you so, no. so which leads to your second question. How am I so sure that I'm of the elect, which is I'm not. And I'm not I don't. This is the place I had to come to. I, I don't have to worry about that because
0: oh but why not well it seems like that would be the crux of all worry that used this used to be little four-year-old jed's question to my mom all the time like how do i know i'm saved mom and her answer would always be if you're asking that question you probably are
3: well that's
0: that was a mom's answer to a (laughs) four-year-old anxiety-ridden pre-drug addict
3: yeah um So let's segue just quickly into the concept of faith. How do I know that I'm saved? Well, I reckon it's because I have faith.
0: Mm.
3: And I was at supper with this guy who is a self-proclaimed, I guess he's an agnostic, um, probably more on the atheistic side of that, but... Uh, And he was he's drunk and he's asking me, he's like, nobody's ever been able to sufficiently explain faith. And I'm like, well, he's like, define faith. I'm like, there's no reason for me to define faith, because if some if you've had this conversation before, then invariably somebody's attempted to do just that. And you've poked holes in it. So why don't we why don't I describe what faith is to me or give you a analogy or an example that you can relate to? And he's like, all right, give me your best shot. So. I started – I mean I had to think about it because I kind of opened my big mouth and now I had to back it up. And I said, have you ever had the feeling that somebody's stand, standing behind you? He's like, of course. And I said, and when you turn around, there was in fact somebody standing behind you? And he said, yes. I said, conversely, have you ever had the feeling someone was standing behind you and when you turn around, nobody was there? And He said, yes. And I go, my guess is that the frequency with which somebody is there is less than that uh, that somebody is. And he, he said, sure kind of irrelevant to the point that i was making but the question was if more often than not you turn around and somebody's not there why do you keep doing it and he's like instinct and i'm like that's what faith feels like when i turn when i like why do i why do i feel like i am saved because in times of need and in times of joy my heart turns to god whether I want it to or not. And oh, by the way, you're talking to somebody that 100% renounced religion. I mean, my religion was smoking weed, doing drugs, drinking. I mean, I wanted to be a Rastafarian because oh, I could smoke weed and justify it. I mean, <laughs> I... I I I, did, I I tried everything just because I was looking for something, and the only thing that I found was was complete and total annihilation. And you know that I, all I did is continue to dig that god-sized void, and in its place, my ego grew to a point that. I couldn't live around anybody, and I couldn't live with me. And so what do I think somebody needs to do to be saved? Nothing. God will call you, not on the telephone, but God will do for you what he did for me, and it will manifest itself in a billion different ways or an infinite number of ways. Um, For John, it was... You know, almost through a vision for me, it was, I was more, it was not a burning bush experience. It was much more intellectual. Um, and I did everything I could to renounce it. I, I mean, I tried to disprove and then logically prove and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And ultimately God won. And the reason that God won is because he can't lose no matter like whatever my best efforts were. I mean, what do i think somebody needs to do to get saved you can say you could in, the inverse of that question is the same what do, what do you you know what can someone do to resist God, god's call nothing i mean john just went through his story and he you know it's we made the joke cuz it's irresistible and my, well, it might go ahead bud
0: yeah and and i'm sure <laughs> this this kind of example is almost pointless cuz you can almost There's so many what ifs, but I I think kind of what John is getting at with the magic prayer and do you think cases exist where, so you say there's nothing you can do for salvation. God will just call you. Do you think there has been, so is it then necessary that he calls you and specifically like identifies himself as Jesus and saying like, so I am God, you're being called. And by the way, I'm Jesus. That's a very basic way of saying it, but like...
3: So, I would answer that by saying this. To answer your question, yes, but I don't think it's... I think that that... There's an assumption there that there's more than one God. Like, if you're picking up the phone and and it's like, hey, this is God, you're like, I'm going to need more information. Oh, I'm sorry, it's Jesus. No. Well yeah okay,
0: yeah, 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 I' see what you're saying.
3: So the other side of that, I think that the the question you're asking is, what about those that have the same experiences that we do in different religions?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: What happens yeah. to them? Do they go to hell? Is their God not as you know what happens if you what happens to those that have never heard of Christ? Well, that was probably a question that was better asked in, you know before the internet. But, you know, I don't know, man. I, the, the greatest part is I don't know and I don't need to know. And, I'm, and it's, yeah. not, it's not that like I'm being flip about it. But once again, I just have faith in what I have faith in. And yeah. I don't know that I'm perfectly right or perfectly wrong. What I, no, no, no. Here's what I do know, that I, I'm perfectly wrong. And that God is perfectly right.
0: Well, and because surely you've encountered, especially in the rooms, the people that have an undeniable connection with God as they experience Him, it whatever, and but they're not Christian, and they not sometimes not only are they not Christian, but they are very much X, Y, or Z, this other thing. Um, is that where just like common grace comes in? Is I mean, yeah. that's yeah, what I'm saying. I mean, Some so- of these are kind of. It's a great endless question. questions.
3: No, it's a great question because then you're differentiating between common grace and in, in election. I mean, Ooh. You, you're just because somebody is able to so derive about- some of the fruits of that relationship does not mean that they 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 do so without impunity, or with they mm-hmm. do so with impunity. I mean, they it's you know when you get into the the theological, or get into dogma or doctrine, what we're talking about is, what does the Bible say? And if you believe that the Bible is perfect, then, and there are those that do, and there are those that don't. I mean, we have, how many sects do we have? Look at the Episcopalian Church and all that's happened there. I mean, we can get into some very politically sensitive subject matter that we can dance around, and we do so in this, with apologetic sort of manner where we're saying, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that was a long time ago. whatever. The Bible is the Bible. I don't make the rules. And I, I mean, I'm not sitting here, and I've had this conversation so many times where the, people will bring up like Old Testament stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, you know, again, I'm not a theologian, but what I do know is that I could take these questions and I can Ask them to somebody who knows more than I do, and I can listen to them, and I don't just take what they say and parrot it. I gnaw on it mostly for years at a time, and then arrive at a conclusion in that hamster wheel that I run that I don't know what he does, and so whether we're talking about sexual preference or whether we're talking about you know somebody that. Like the Dalai Lama, is he going to hell? I mean, I don't.
0: I guess well, so. that's an e- that's an easy yes. <laughs> duh. Animals don't go to heaven, Andrew. Come on, bro. Duh. Um. Well, and so I mean, the that's and we, man, we don't have like there's more there's more questions I wish we had time for because, uh, you know, does Calvinism by default mean that God is the author of evil? Then, uh, are people created? As objects of wrath, which is some, what the Bible uh, alludes to. But the, a quick thing, are you eternal conscious torment or annihilation? Or eternity of Richard Simmons music?
2: Oh, definitely
3: Richard Simmons. <laughs> um, I don't know how to answer that question, honestly. Um, okay. Again, I guess we'll then say today. Well, all right, so the, I'll answer it in the in like a very lawyer like way. Um, I haven't gotten to that part yet and mostly because I don't care. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be, not trying to be evasive. I'm trying to say that
0: uh, Yeah, it, it probably yeah. Okay. Like, yeah.
3: It's taken me this long just to get to a point where in this moment, in yeah. this now, in this place where I'm able to differentiate the thinker from the knower, in this place where I'm able to be still and know that he is God. I've gotten to a place spiritually where I'm not going to worry about yeah, whether or not, not the elect necessary. and whether or not I'm going you know, – it's going to be fire and brimstone. I mean, if you're looking at Romans, I think the answers are pretty clear. I mean, it's – either way, if you believe in hell, and I do, and you end up there, my, my preference is to not go there. So whatever is there for me, uh, if, should I find myself there? It's not going to be like I'm surrounded by all the interesting people like Hendrix and Marilyn Monroe. I mean, whatever. I, I, it's going to suck. I mean, I don't care how cool, how, like how many of your idols or, you know, the people that you look up to are there and you're surrounding. Misery loves company, except
0: in hell. And uh, Andrew, <laughs> and, the quote of the day: Hell, I, I'd rather not. You know, just, yeah, you, know yeah. you know.
3: Jerry Seinfeld was talking about like uh, like going diving, and he's like, "Living is good, dying not as good." That's how, <laughs> you talk about hell? Like,
0: well, look, well, uh, um, as we got a little bit of time left, let's so bringing it back to today and more tangible stuff. I, I like um, surveying this question. So how is your interaction with God? What is your particular prayer life
3: like? um, All right. Sometimes it's very formal and deferential. Now I'm going to tell myself and be very, very real. Sometimes it's brutally honest and um, very human, which means that it can be disrespectful. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but sometimes I'm like, what the real fuck are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. No, I, I get it. I c I can't. You can. Then fucking do it. And rather yeah. than me being like, all right, God, I know you have a plan. I'm um, um, your servant. You know, you are my master. I am I have a hard time. If you put me on a leash and you put a collar on me, I I am going to drop my hindquarters and drag. Like I just It's the most unchristian thing in the world. I mean, we are to obey. And I am not somebody from the time I was. I got a little son. He's three years old. If you tell him to do something, he goes, no, I am that he is me. And my goal is over the course of time to have when I hit my knees and I pray. It's. To use words that have meaning and not just be memorized. I use memorized prayer prayer. Third step prayer is a great example. Um, Lord's prayer is a great example. But more often than not, I I am asking for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. And most importantly, the ability to just be still. That is what I pray for. How do I be of service and how do I be still long enough to understand what you're asking me to do and to accept it without um, – you know, tons of anxiety or tons of rebellion or whatever.
0: All right, and so and a uh, another follow up. So you talk about, um, you just need to obey. <laughs> the grin's here. You need to obey. I'm just picturing. I, I, picturing. I agree. Shade, All diet. I want.
3: Huh. I want to take an Andre the Giant Obey sticker and put Jesus on yeah. it and just slap it <laughs> on Charleston.
0: That would listen, that would not go over well in uh <laughs>
2: <Wow>. <laughs> I should just imagine that. Whatever. Way. Oh, just are you. Come go, on.
0: We're gonna try it. I'm gonna Let's try do it, it. And then I'll let you know how it works works out. Um all my in my heart of hearts all i want to do is please god i know that that's really all i'm trying to do here so what do you think and all confusion aside all these different competing ideas if you had to boil it down what the fuck does god just want us to do like what is this for what are we supposed to do when we're supposed to obey what do we do what are we supposed to be doing here glorify him what does that mean
3: Um, There are any number of different instructions on what that means. I mean, um, if we were to change tact and not be so like Christian and so biblical and borrow from John's stoicism, um, ultimately it's. When you go to serve somebody, there's so I know we don't have that much time, but I was having this conversation with um, uh, this girl in in Mississippi. And we were talking about God and uh, I compared I was talking about how you train dogs. I love to train dogs and you can whip the snot out of a dog and make him do what you want. That dog does not love you. He fears you. You can train a dog and love it and and develop that relationship with God or develop that relationship with its owner. And it will, it wants to please you. The latter is the, my goal. I want to get to a place where I don't fear, like you asked a question about hell. I I don't want to worry. I want to do it because I want to serve and I want to do so with a clean, conscious and an, an honest heart. And I want, I mean, there's a desire to, I cannot curry favor With God, my goal is not to make Him like me. Mm. It's not a popularity contest. I obey because, not because I have to, but because my heart derives joy out of doing that. Like that's the goal. That's what obeying is. Um,
0: And you, and you do receive because, and it it must be the law you're in you because it. A lot of what you're describing sounds sounds dry, not transactional, but, I mean, you are obviously receiving emotional dividends, and, like, you're getting...
3: Right. right. No, most certainly. Like, let's not... It's not transactional. It's... I am still a selfish, depraved human being. The fact that I get additional joy from it is a byproduct, but it Mm. shouldn't be the motivating factor. Because, again, if you... If I get too high, get too low, and I don't keep it between the ditches, I find myself in a, in, invariably in this rut. And how – if I just stop and be still, then I derive peace, serenity, truth, joy out of that. And it's – I mean we have to redefine some of these words because my goal is not to walk around with this big rosy smile all the time. It's to walk around with the satisfaction of knowing that just because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean it's not right, you know, and it's not pleasing to the Lord. And, and being at peace with whatever is, regardless of the circumstance, and striving to continue to do something better, I think is uh, aspirational but achievable. I mean, we're sinners through and through. There's nothing we can do about that. We're we're going to be um you know, full of wrath and, and and anger and and we're we're going to be crappy people because well, we are people. We're we're human. I mean, that's the amazing part about Christ is that he was God and he was human. And the I'll wrap up by saying this, when I'm through meditation, I've been able to find it, the most, probably the most important part of this conversation, which we should have talked more about, is what the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. To me, that, that, I did not understand what that was outside of a concept or a construct until I started meditating in that relationship. Because we talk about God the Father, God the Son, but we don't talk about the Holy Spirit in a way that, to me, is impactful enough. And that is where that question about why don't we teach meditation in church and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Through meditation, like that's what I've been able to identify with the most. It's not this human, you know, white guy with long hair or Arab looking guy with long hair or, or, you know, the, the guy in the clouds or whatever. It's this peace. And that... When you serve God and you find peace, you do so without ego and you do so as the knower, not the thinker. You do so, you know, as a servant and a joyful one at that. And I think that I don't know if that answered any of your questions.
0: Totally. That's good. I think we can get it on that one.
3: All right. Okay, well, shit is- y'all thank you so much for having me and uh, I love your podcast uh, we didn't get to talk about other things but hopefully we can do it again
1: I'm absolutely
0: My, my, I have a similar, uh, a similar. If you recall from our earlier conversation about meth crazed giant people and trucks, so, um, you remember that big steroidal guy I was uh, buying meth from in Spanish Town? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so he was over at my house one night, and he had his other giant Jersey Shore steroid looking massive person guy with him and we were outside and this car kept circling around, right? And being the tweaked out people that we were, we were like, what the fuck is this car doing, dude? It circled once, we're like, okay. Drove by slow again. We're like, alright bro. And the third time, he hops down in the middle of the street, right? Blocks the the fucking car. <laughs> And just like, and just does like a, like a, like a, like a juke move at him. It's like, what, what? And the guy opens his door and he goes, and my buddy goes, can I fucking help you, bro? And the dude then whips out a badge and goes, I don't know. Can you? And he was like, oh, oh, oh. And, And he was like, oh, uh, 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 we were just wondering why you were, you know, circling around and the cop, the police officer was like. Yeah, I I patrol this neighborhood off hours, and I was wondering why y'all are just creeping in the front yard. (laughs) I was like, oh, uh, nothing. We're good here. Mr. Officer, we'll be going inside now. (laughs) Oh, God, it was awful, dude.
1: That's funny. I I would think that the the other end of the spectrum would be like, Hey, so uh, I see you're driving around our little neighborhood here. I was wondering if maybe you need some directions or something. (laughs) You seem lost.
0: Yeah, You know, I was I'm just, you know, good Samaritan, and all. uh, I would just, I would just like to, I can't help but notice, uh, there's puffs of smoke, uh, some sort of vapor coming from
1: uh well, what happened to the healthy, the, you know, the, the helpful drug addict who's like, Hey man, I, I saw you looking at my truck. I was like wondering if you wanted to know where I got it from. I got this yeah. baby. Well, or, that would, you that know, would, or...
0: that would be the hop head. That would be the hop <laughs> head. Like. Hey man, I saw you noticing my truck. Yeah, it's custom.
1: (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) dude. Yeah, I got it. I got it. It's, uh, yeah, I got the, uh, 10 inch lift kit. That's, you don't find those on the internet, if you know what I'm saying. You gotta You (laughs) You gotta go, you gotta go custom all the way. What was your, what was your other, uh, well, so then, like, less than a week later, um, I'm in the store making pizzas. And this dude walks in, he's got a, uh, he's very, he's got like, you know when your skin looks gray, you know? Yes. It's like, he, his skin looks kind of, not white, but kind of gray. Yeah. He's, I don't know. A gray he anywhere, flaxen. He's anywhere between 35 and 72. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's uh, between
0: the ages of 21 and 64.
1: Yeah. And he's, he's got on a, a, uh. He's got on a, a wife beater. He he's probably about forty pounds underweight. There's still some muscle there, but it's like you can also see the bones too. It's, yeah,
0: it's like it's Iggy like, Pop muscle. Yeah,
1: it's Iggy Pop muscle. He looks just like Iggy Pop with short hair and um, the tattoos. No planning, just just random <laughs> tattoos everywhere. Yeah. Just random, but like oh, they, the best they don't quite make a. Tattoos, yeah, they don't quite didn't really think about it. Uh... Yeah, just put them on there. Just cover some skin, you know, and leave some open here, and just cover some over here. But he's, he's got a lot. Not sure
0: of... if it's if it's a full sleeve or melanoma. Uh, yeah, right. a mix of both.
1: <laughs> so he he starts ordering pizza. He's arch
0: enemies with the
1: sun. <laughs> yeah, he starts ordering pizzas from. Uh, the main guy or whatever. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, that guy's definitely on the, on meth. You know, I thought it. And so I and gave he, him, well, you know, just a
0: problem. Look. Cause he obviously read your mind because they can do that.
1: Yeah. He had the mind reading. He was, he was that amped. He had, he had amped up to mind reading level, but, um, I gave him a look like, okay, I'm going to give this guy a wide berth. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the look I gave him. So then he was like, Hey, come here, man, come here. And I was like, oh, well, let's see what he wants. You know, I was curious. I was like, I wonder if he's going to, you know, I, I guess I was like, I guess he's going to, like, make me sure that he's on meth. I'm going to go find out for sure. And so he leans over the counter, and my manager's sitting right there. He's like, hey, man, you want to get up? And I was like, uh, immediately. As soon as uplifted, it, like, left his mouth. I was like, ah. ah, ah nope, ah, nope, ah. nope, I trying to stay head. down. Trying to stay yes, on earth. Nope, never, never again. up, never again. <laughs> Yeah, I'll stay down here, sir. I walked out. So anyway, this dude, he 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 was like, "Whoa, man, can you give me some extra cheese on that and, and throw in some extra... Why is the screen up? Oh. Throw in some extra, uh, you know, pepperoncinis. And my manager was like, well, we're going to have to charge you. The cheese is this, the pepperoncinis are this. He was like, well, oh, man, you can't just come on, just throw some extra pepperoncinis in there, man. What's the deal? So then... You know, he's trying to, like, haggle with the dude about everything. <laughs> uh, and finally, he gets the order, right? Then he, he calls out his other – he calls the other delivery driver over there. He's like, hey, man. Hey, man, throw in some extra garlic sauces in the box and do this and do that. And he's like, here, I'll give you a five. And it's like, dude. Why wouldn't you go- just pay for yeah, it the then? <laughs> sauces are cheaper <laughs> than what you're – and this is my theory on it, all right? is when people have a fucked up worldview, they have to bring other people down to their level or else it messes with their whole view of the world you yeah, know what i'm man. saying he wants to he wants to pull people down to his level i mean that's the same reason he he decided when i looked at him like well this guy's in trouble he was like that guy obviously wants to do meth with me. <laughs> you
2: know
0: i <laughs> like, just
1: met my new meth buddy sweet <laughs> Yeah, Thank you, Meth satan. For, it's for just Yeah, he's trying. Yeah, he's just trying to get everybody to do the bad stuff that he's doing. And also, you know, I don't know what his deal is. Well, you know, fuck the man. Am I right? I mean, Papa John's, fuck those guys, right? It's me and you. We're, we're, you know, we're doing deals. You know what I'm saying? You me got here.
0: Ray Ray. You know what I'm saying? just trying to get some peppuccinis. i give you $5 on a slick. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? You know you, second, you're trying to get but, up? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <You're trying> to, <laughs> hey, you know what you can do with that $5? that's what it is he's, yeah he, yeah
0: up. yeah he gives you yeah. a five then he's like yeah man I, I got a little five i can sell you too you yeah. know what i'm saying give me that five back yeah. here's the here's
1: the five and that's my number in there it, you he, know, he's like,
0: he's like how about how about how about you put a little uh little extra pepperoni or a little pepperoni on that piece of uh them crystal pepperonis you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs> pep on it a little pep, put some pep, 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 pep-, pep.
0: put some pep
1: on it. If you know what I'm saying, put some pep in your sir staff.
0: I don't know what you're saying.
1: <laughs> pep, pep, pep. you to go fast. <laughs> High speed, chicken feet. <laughs> That's my favorite one. All
2: right, man. All
1: right. That's All our, right. I gotta take right. Do you really? Turn it <laughs> yes, off, man. Perfect.
0: Let's do this on air. Hello. Yeah, this is
1: he. Hey, it's Ashley. You think you could come in around three? Yeah, it's possible. What what time is Brad our scheduled is five?
0: Currently being called into Papa John's. They want him to come in at
1: three. Yeah, uh, uh, I can that do is that earlier
0: than he was planning on. We'll see how he handles it.
1: I said I would do it.
0: Oh wow! Look at you. You are a pillar of the community. You are. You, when Papa calls, you answer, bro. Papa,
1: Papa, Papa
0: beats Papa, me when I don't do right. No, If I come in at three? Can I get off at eight? No.
1: You still close, bitch. You still close. Well, I mean, Papa's been doing me right, baby. I got a raise, dog. I got meth heads trying to beat the shit out of me on the slick. That's dude. The, look, I got all the drugs I can on.
0: There is no. <laughs> there is no. Like delivering pizza in a college town is is probably one of the most exciting careers there is, dude. Every night is is literally will I come home <laughs> alive? I don't know. You know? <laughs> like, rolling the dice, and that's why I dice, get
1: dude. so mad when people don't tip me because I'm really like, you're home. literally
0: risking your life. You might as well be delivering come... pizza in Fallujah, dude. Like it's
1: fucking just rough out, out here onto the firing lines, and you're not going to tip me, bro. Let me tell you about. I know we're going long here, but this, I've got this new thing because people will send their kids to the door, and my theory is so they can stiff you. So they can stiff me, right? But guess what? It's me versus a child, and that's the only thing standing between me and a tip. (laughs) You made a mistake, bro. So I'll be like, "Hey, is your mommy or daddy home?" (laughs) And they're they're like, they're like. they're like no. I'm like well, did they tell you about leaving the tip? He's yeah. like no, they didn't say anything about a tip. You got like, a piggy bank? Yeah, and I'm like no. I'll be like well yeah yeah. I mean it's like tip, you know. Generally we're tipped employees. I tell them the whole deal. Yeah, only I make less than minimum wage. They're like wow. How so? How much do I tip? It's like well, it's between fifteen to twenty percent is good. And they're yeah. like, well, what's fifteen? Do math. Yeah. What's fifteen to twenty percent? And I'll be like, and I'll do the math in my head. Usually, they'll just write fifteen or twenty on there. They don't know; (laughs) they're kids. And what is your legal recourse if you just let your kid talk to a stranger with your credit card? It's it's. Anyway, have you
0: really done that?
1: Oh yeah, big (laughs) time. A lot of times, especially with kids, especially with kids like this one kid. I kind of like judge how much they have. So like this one kid comes out, he's got a 20, the total's like 14. He was like, "All right, here's the 20." His mom's standing right there vacuuming, you know, like real loud. And she's like kind of glanced over and I was like, "Hey, I was like, "How much change you need back?" He was like, "Uh, all of it." And I was like, "Oh, well, did you know that we're tipped employees? We make less than minimum wage and we pay for our own gas. And he's just standing there, just smiling. He just starts smiling, like, okay. I was like, so. Keep it. Yeah. So are you going to tip me? And he was like, uh. He started shaking his head. I was like, how much? Like two bucks? He was like, uh. So I could have said anything. I could have been yeah, like, all okay. right. So the five. So I, I, I was they like, do so need
0: I- to learn. They do need to learn that like tipping is, is not oh, a yeah. city in China, you know? But,
1: There's another kid who who hands me more. You know, I give them the real number. I'm like, look, you know, I didn't drive that far. You give me two. That's good. Now, you know, for the future, it's two when I come out here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You You get Brad out here? I don't get out of bed for less than $2. You know what I'm saying? I don't leave the premises for less than two. Everybody knows I, Bernie B, $2 man right there.
1: Dog. Yeah, I, I've literally had that thought, but as five. It I really should be. It really should be. Less than five bucks, bro. Yeah, yeah. Usually
0: a $5 pizza tip is, is, is like. the minimum. Yeah.
1: I mean, it really.
0: People that give me a dollar w- when they did that, I really just wanted to be like, you know what, keep it. No, <laughs> you know, I wanted to be like,
1: you know what, did you know that I'm only making $4?
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, <there's> my <laughs> bank account set up. Is yeah, that? I gave
1: him the speech, the nice speech. So, Did you know that <laughs> this doesn't cover my gas prices? I'm trying to make a profit here. Did
0: you know that I just paid to come bring you this pizza? <laughs> Thank you for yes, that. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to do that.
1: No, you don't be don't be sarcastic with them. Just keep it real with them. And then a lot of times they'll be like, well, wow, I, I didn't know that. I, or, or, oh, this is my favorite. Oh, sorry, man. Somebody else is paying for this. Well, they sound very generous. Could you bring them out here? (laughs) (laughs) Just like a salesman, dude. These guys can't stop me.
0: (laughs) Well, Tipping Pizza Guy, ladies and gentlemen. All right. um, Send us an email about your pizza tipping experiences, churchandotherdrugs.gmail.com. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash churchandotherdrugs. Join our Facebook group, and then you can tell us about your pizza delivery stories or just comment on how Brad is a manipulative, Mr. Clean-looking asshole.
1: They call me Mr. Territory.